Hello, welcome to Blades Pod. It is the 6th of November, uh, so we're recording this on a Tuesday night. It'll probably go up on Wednesday. Uh, my name's Ben. I'm, of course, a Sheffield United fan. I'm joined once again by another Sheffield United fan, Jay, aka Blades Analytic. How are you doing today, mate? Uh, wreck. I'm a wreck already. I'm an so, absolute wreck midweek. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, on this podcast, I don't don't usually like to talk about our neighbours across the city. Obviously, it's a Sheffield United podcast, and I like to keep things about Sheffield United and, you know, not view our performance through the prism of our nearest, uh, well, neighbours, I suppose. But, yeah, we play them on Friday, and uh, now we're going to do a whole podcast about Sheffield Wednesday. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get stuck in, I suppose. I mean... I suppose the first point, first, uh, yeah, point to start with is, um, you know, when I started this podcast, I, the sort of the intention of it was to try and try and be a little bit objective, and you know, give, give myself some breathing room from the like, you know, the the strong emotions of actually being at the game, and you know, the frustration when we don't win, and the joy when we do. Um, but it's very hard to be objective and sort of, um, I guess, emotion free. When it comes to these games, I mean, you mentioned there you're a, you're a wreck, and I'm exactly the same. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. I've been thinking about this game for about two or three weeks, and that's stupid because you know no. it, it it's just three points. It's obviously not just three points, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I, I think I think okay. Let's before we get any further, let's, let's just quickly talk some cliches and phrases that we're we're going to try and avoid using when we talk, or you know, at least not throughout there blindly. So. First one, form book goes out the window. I mean, does it? How do you feel about that one? The, how big is the window, and how many? You know, what is actually in the form book? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, so there were six years, obviously, between last seasons and the last time we played them. So it's quite hard to go back and find anything tangible, isn't it? And say there was form book. Um, you look at last season, so. The obvious thing to say is we were the underdogs because we'd just come up with our little pub team hmm. and uh, decided to wallop them at the rust bucket. But it, it didn't quite work like that because we, we look at other things that kind of explain why things happen. And actually, we were ahead on a lot of those different areas that we look at. Simple things, shot data, performance kind of data. We were higher in the league. We played a better quality style of football. So actually, were we not the favourites? I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think more and more in the modern day the better football team wins these games mm. i just i just think you have to earn the right to play your football in the first instance that, yeah that, that's what it is in these games you know you have to go and you have to win the battle first and then play your football i, I feel yeah i mean uh, I, I feel like when people say oh the form book goes out the window they're they're kind of talking about like you know the our actual league form and, and their league form and i don't know i know it's just a one-off game and we had a very you know, a very strong example of this a few weeks ago with the uh, the Stoke game at home, where the game actually went as expected, in that United were, you know, a much more dominant team and should have scored loads of goals, but unfortunately just didn't, and then got stung at the end. And I, I guess that's you know, the 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 phrase "form book out the window," I suppose, refers to the sort of anything can happen in a game of football. You know, teams can completely smash another team and end up actually losing the game. But yeah, I mean. I guess the cold reality is that we are a good team and they're not. I think that's, you know, I don't think there's any kind no. of fate tempting in saying that. You know, we, even though I've said that we, we try and avoid talking about Wednesday on this podcast, we, we have talked about in the past that 
Wednesday have been almost freakishly fortunate this season so far in in picking up results. I mean, yeah, when we were talking earlier, you mentioned they're they're actually bottom of the league on your um, expected table based on um, expected goals for and against. And yeah, that's a that, that's kind of a consensus across pretty much everyone's model. To be honest, I mean, it doesn't look like they create many chances and they concede lots of them. So. Yeah, whereas us on the other hand, you know, we're we're one of the best teams in the league by any definition you care to use. So, yeah, I, I just just at the same time, it's like, why are we still feeling so nervous? You just can't help it, can you? No, not at all. It's really weird, isn't it? Like that. I think someone someone put it to me. So if this was Team A versus Team B on everything you know and everything that's in front of you, all the stats and cold hard facts, who would win? It'd be always 99.9% of the time, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, it, it uh, but it just doesn't feel like that. <laughs> it really doesn't. All I can envisage is nil-nil Adam Reach scoring from 55 yards or something crazy <laughs> like that. But, I, like, you know, just to spend two minutes on Wednesday, they are poor. Mm. I, I'm not going to regret saying that. They are poor. Um, they are very much going one-way direction. It's like, where they are in the league now is still above where they should be. Yeah. Uh, most shots con- most shots conceded in the league, most shots on target faced, 23rd for touches in opposition box, hardly playing the final third of the opposition at all. Anything good comes through two men at most, which is Reach and Bannon. It, I, I, they are poor. They are really bad at football. It is, it's as simple as that. Mm. And if we are to... It's crazy because it's a derby, so everyone says Formwood was out the window, blah, blah, blah. But if we are to be anything this year, it's the type of game we should win at home. It's as simple as that. And it's the type of games that we have been winning at home uh, all this season so far, isn't it? You know, a, a team down the the lower reaches of the table, we've brushed them aside. I mean, I think Stoke is the... Yeah, Stoke were the lowest team that we've dropped points to all season, I think. And obviously Wednesday are, you know, a few rungs below that. I mean, yeah, one of the other sort of cliches that uh, we were intending to avoid, but we can bring it up in this context, is... Is this idea that the pressure is all on United and uh, and Wednesday have nothing to lose? I want to shoot that right down in flames. <laughs> I think Wednesday have a heck of a lot to lose. I mean, apart from you know the embarrassment of uh, just losing a game to your local rivals. I mean, as you said, they they are in a mess. I mean, you know, we, we've probably all seen that video of um, the chairman uh, arguing with fans on Twitter after the. Uh, yeah. After they just shipped four goals at home to Norwich, Norwich are a good team. You know, I think they've just gone above us in the table, actually. So, um, yeah, Norwich, one of the better teams in the league, but yeah, they're just in a, they're in disarray. I mean, you know, the idea that uh, they have nothing to lose is just, um, I mean, that just seems absolutely farcical to me. I mean, whereas you know, if you want to be pretty cold and objective, then if United you lose, then that's going to be you know pretty devastating. But at the same time. We're still going to be in like the top three or four of the league, you know. We'll just move on to the next game, win that, and you know, kind of move on from it, really. But yeah, do you, do you think that's fair or uh, or off the mark? Uh, both, actually. Mm. I think it's fair. Um, I don't. I, I don't buy. I, I love this Wednesday mentality that you see in everywhere on social media. This whole oh well, we're the underdogs for this game. <laughs> How aside that had a six-year head start. And a thirty million quid head start could be underdogs is beyond me. Mm. But it's just listen. Everyone likes to play the underdog role, don't they? It's, it's just a Yorkshire derby thing. But I don't buy that they've got nothing to lose because they've got a hell of a lot to lose. If they lose this game, I mean, it ended the manager last year, last season. It'll probably end this manager. 
And quite frankly, if they lose this, they lose any momentum. They'll turn toxic. And like I said, their performance has only gone one way. If the atmosphere goes one way, they're in a fight. They probably can't win. So they have got a lot to lose. Um, for us, I don't know. With Wilder, it's really hard to tell because these, these kind of games obviously mean more to him than most other managers. If we win it, we could well go on a run, couldn't we? You know, with a mm. momentum. Um, however, if we lose it, yeah, United do tend to bounce back from defeats quite well. I, I don't know. We're not in the greatest run of form at the minute in the last four or five games, so we do need a win, really, to, to, to kickstart that. And we have got a thing about trying to win as home games. So, I don't know. I'm trying to be clinical about it. It's hard, isn't it? But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess we've we've dropped some points recently, but, I mean, that Forest game, which maybe we can quickly touch on if, we're, if we do have time... Um, you know that that was one of the, the probably the only times the season we haven't played well. I thought, you know, it'd probably go back to the Birmingham home game. I reckon before you can say like that was a performance yeah. in line with that. So yeah, we lost to Derby, but you know we really well more than competed in that game. Stoke obviously should have beat, and Wigan we we did beat very handily. Uh, I may have missed the game there along the line, but yeah, I feel I feel pretty comfortable with that. I mean, yeah, just to come back to the um, you know Wednesday nothing to lose thing. I mean. If they did manage to beat us, I mean, say they put in an incredible performance and, you know, beat us handily, you know, that that still doesn't change the fact that they're not a very good team from what we've seen no. in all kind of advanced metrics as well as the league table all season. And, yeah, it's it's going to take a lot for that to change, you know, whether that's a manager or a complete overhaul of the squad. So, yeah, I, I feel pretty comfortable with that one, I think. I mean... The other sort of uh, narrative cliche is uh, Wednesday have now hit rock bottom after losing four in a row, is it? Maybe five? Um, four, four in a row. Four yeah. in a row. It's not, it's, that's nothing, is it? I'm, I'm amazed at the reaction to them. But it sort of says that they've kind of realised that um, they were getting results above their level of performance for um, the rest of the season up to this point. But anyway, Wednesday have hit rock bottom and we can now expect a performance. The players are going to be <laughs> fired up and come in fighting and stuff. And you know the, the counter argument after that is: Will you think uh, United are not going to put in a performance? Like United just be like, "Ah, oh, it's a derby. Forget it. We don't really need to try for these games. It's not like it's important to anyone or anything." So, yeah, that's another one I think is uh, fairly nonsense, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> another. This is so silly, but I almost put a poll of this on Twitter actually because I was genuinely curious. So, Wednesday lost four 0 at the weekend at home. And I saw people saying, like, oh, I almost wish they got a point in that game. Then I'd feel more confident about going into yeah. the derby. <laughs> it made me think, like, there's there's literally no possible combination of results that would lead to me being confident for this game. If, they, yeah. <laughs> if they'd won four in a row, we'd be like, oh, we're in trouble here. If they were, like, gone win, loss, win, loss, we'd be going, oh, they're due a win then, aren't they? It's their turn but to win the game. It's the same argument as for us losing at the weekend, isn't it? I've seen this banded around as well, which mm. is, you know, uh, it might be a good thing we've lost though, because now Wilder will give everyone a rocket and they'll be up for it. <laughs> you know, everyone will be fit and firing and they'll want to make amends. No, no. You would rather have come into the game having beat Forrest away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, it's overcomplicating, isn't it? I, I think I mean, this... Just, go on, sorry. I was just going to say, just on Wednesday's front, like it, it's weird actually, because in the last three or four games, the first half has been an improvement for them. So I've looked at you know standard XG timeline, shot data, things like that. They've actually had moments where at nil nil or one nil down, they've had a massive chance and missed it, and then gone on to be they just capitulate. Mm. Talking to some good mates of mine who are really good Wednesday fans, they say as soon as they go one or two down, it's gone. It is gone. So one of the things I would have to say, it's a stupid phrase, I know, but 
don't don't give them a chance to be in the game. Yeah, you know, get, if we get on them from the first minute, press that there's some high, put them under the pressure. They cannot defend. They're the worst defense in the league by a country mile. Um, you know, and if we press them and get ahead early. It could be anything. It could be one nil. It could be four. I don't know. But it does you know, feel like it. that. It, it, again, a total cliche. The first goal is so important, but this, but it is. <laughs> this does actually feel like the the ultimate example of where that is the case. Um, and you know, we I feel like we've been quite fast starters this year. I, I, maybe the goals don't quite back that up, but there's been no. very very few games I think that we've kind of sleepwalked through the first half. You know, we've generally got quite stuck in and created a lot of chances. So that. That makes me feel better, I think. I mean, this whole podcast is just going to be me and you. Like, I mean, you, I think you said overcomplicating it, and that is essentially... I think that's just the mentality of every United fan, probably every football fan, going into a local derby, really. You sort of just... You spend weeks beforehand just mentally tying yourself in knots and contradicting yourself. Like, well, this is a good thing, but actually it's also a bad thing. And, oh, don't, you know, don't say this in case you tempt fate and just all sorts yeah. of nonsense, but... I suppose that's why we love football, isn't it? You just you just can't shut out the emotions from you know from from the game. I'll be interested to see how they set up actually. Mm. Um, you, you know, just to, just to move it along from the kind of cliches because obviously last year one of what Joss's first game it was, wasn't it? I think you know, so. Yeah. Their manager, it was, it, you know, they come and just match us up, and that's what sides tend to do when they want to get a draw out of us. Just match. Up. Um, you know, you saw Bristol City do it this season with Lee Johnson. All right, they snuck a win in the end, but. They match us up in the first half. They can't play it as well as us, but it does obviously take away that wide threat because you, you play in position for position. Mm. Um, but I'll, I'll be interested because they've been topping their formation. They don't have a settled defence. They've gone from three to a four. Uh, you know, they're working a lot of things out. And I wonder if if he's if he is a dead man walking or if he's coming thinking, you know, we're, we're going to come and have a go. And maybe mm. I'm going to try and take the derby to us. I think that probably helps us. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I, I don't think we're that good at breaking down a, a low block set defence if it does well. So, uh, you know, a bit of space would definitely help. Um, obviously, everyone knows the big thing will be if Duffy is 100%. I mean, I'm sure he'll play, but is he 100%? And if he is, that's massive for us hmm. anyway they decide to play. But it'll just be interesting to see how they set up. You know, I think they probably will come in and sit in, to be honest, yeah. and try and hit us on the, hit us on the counter. They'll probably play their pacier players because we are susceptible to a bit of pace at the back. So... It will be interesting to see, but I, I think the pattern of the game will probably be set quite early, which will just be us just playing their half, really, just trying to probe away. And if we get one early, as you say, it could be anything. If we don't get one, it'll be a nervy affair and everyone just needs to stick with us because we're actually very good at scoring in the last 16 minutes of games. Yeah, That's where most of our most of our goals have come from the 74th to 90th minute. So, mm. yeah, uh, the, if it's um... not, you know, if it's nil-nil going into that point, stick with us, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess... You know, the one thing that like worries me a little bit is just thinking back to the previous time we played them, which obviously was the nil-nil um, at home. And I guess if you're a Wednesday fan, you probably think about that and say that is that is the game plan, that is the map to us getting something out of this game. You know, they kept it very tight. It was it was a crap game to be honest. I mean, you know, a, a, a bare handful of chances for for either team, even if you can even call it that, to be honest. And yeah, the game turned, uh, you know, from a draw to a defeat on a, a great save by Simon Moore, or sh- I should say, a defeat to a draw, um, a great save by Moore from Adam Reach, and yeah, I guess that's you know that's that's how they'll probably approach it. I suppose is just try and play very slow tempo, try and 
you know, take time out of the game, essentially, keep it nil-nil as long as possible. Um, and yeah, that, that situation does worry me a little bit. Um, it's like the complete opposite of what we did when we went to uh, Hillsborough last year. In a, yeah. well, we were probably in a similar situation, to be honest. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, that, that, that's my worry, I guess, is that you know the management and players have kind of seen that last. It was successful enough last year, um, and they're just going to try and repeat that. But then my my counter argument, mentioning sort of uh, contradicting yourself all the way, we're much better than we were at that point last season. You know, we had. What was it? It was Clayton Donaldson was playing up front. Uh, I don't know if he started that game or if he came on. I think it was a sub, wasn't uh, he? But I think it was Brooks and Clark, maybe? I think Brooks and Clark, but Wilson came on. Wilson on came bench. on as well, yeah. Sharp Wilson. didn't play a minute. which He didn't have a minute last year in either game because obviously he was injured for the first one. And then the second one, he didn't get a kick because he was going through this weird period of Wilder just not playing games. I have to say, that which... is one of the strangest things that has happened yeah. under Chris Wilder is that he never came on. No, you know, Clayton Donaldson started the game. James Wilson came yeah. on for um, for Donaldson. So, our, yeah, our team that day, I'm just looking at it now. We had um, Lundstrom, everyone's favourite scapegoat in central midfield with uh, with Fleck and Duffy, and then Clark and Donaldson up front. I mean, we're making some presumptions wow. with the team, but I imagine it will be Norwood, Fleck, Duffy, which is one of, if not the best midfield three in the division. And it will certainly be Sharp and probably McGoldrick, I would guess, up front. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, and that's a hell of a lot better than than this team. That team is it, we had in China, isn't it? Just yeah, that's re- I, I'm so glad you've done that because I think some people, you know, you see it on the forums and social media talking about the squad. Oh, the squad picks itself, and it's almost like nothing much has changed from last year. It mm. really has. Like yeah. there is there is a big upturn in trending quality of this team. Even down to I like Richard Thierman, really good defender, great pro. Great to have at the club. John Egan is a better player than Richard Thierman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fact. And we are yeah, a much better I'm... team with him in the team as well. Oh, without a doubt. And he's threat from set pieces more as well. Yeah. Um, and we do we do have a threat from set pieces, despite the fact we're still not great at them, we're better. So that might be something, you know, in a tight game. Wednesday mm-hmm. are not very good at defending set pieces. Um, not in the first instance. They haven't conceded many goals direct from a set piece. You know, it's not a record you flag up and say it's a weakness, but they don't have someone who's dominating in the air, put it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, so this is something you can. I, I, just, I was one thing I just want to talk about is get, getting you involved in this as well. Is this kind of who who do you think could be a hero on the day? Mm, it just has to be Sharp, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. has Sharp scored a goal against Wednesday for United? I don't think he has. No, I don't think he has. It's, it's probably I'm, only played like one derby or something like that. I, I should have looked that up before we start talking, but I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure he's not scored. That, that's your hero right there. Two goals, yeah. nice, comfortable win. It's the Billy Sharp derby. That's all we can talk about. That's what I want. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, go on. That's a, that's a fair cut. I think I was having a conversation with someone. It was about the Fleck omission from Scotland and whatnot, but I, I'm a bit disappointed with Fleck so far. That sounds controversial or critical. Season as a whole? Had, yeah, he's had good moments, but he's, his back end of last season was... Unreal. Mm. I mean, he was on he was on the realms of Tom Kearney and Jack Grealish. That, yeah. I mean, they're they're twenty five thirty million pound players, and Flex numbers were as good, if not better. So, I mean, well, I remember yeah, you. Uh, sorry to just interrupt though. Before it was about two months left in the season, and you did a direct comparison uh, with Neves, and yeah. uh, and he was you know creating more chances, like higher xG, loads of other stuff was actually better than him. But yeah, okay, go on. So it's just like you know because of those numbers and things. It, 
I don't know. It just he, he's obviously the derby assist was great. Um, I, he's had moments. Some of his numbers are good. He, he's he's been involved in chances for us, but he, I don't think he's doing enough. Mm. Now we we all say flex start slowly to a season. We're not at the start of a season no more. Now we're getting into the middle third. You know we're, we're past the first third now. We're coming into the middle third. Forest away at the weekend was a great example. Pretty poor quality game. Just needed a moment from a player. It got one from their guy. You know, absolutely skin free him and smashed it across. And yeah, a bit of a lucky header, but good skill from him. And it just needed a moment from us. And every time Fleck carried the ball, he lost it. He made bad decisions. And just, I just wonder if it could be his game. Mm. You know, this whole Bannon versus Fleck, and it'll be quite a tight midfield battle. And if we can just get hold of the ball in midfield and get Fleck in open space, I just wonder if he could be the one to pull the strings in a, you know, a big performance and really start the season. I think he's going to be my shout actually for the uh, for the hero of the day. Yeah, well, let's hope there is a hero in in red and white at least. <laughs> um, I'm just, I mean, I'm not. I, I've got to be honest. I'm, and this is unprofessional. If this was a professional podcast, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not 100 percent familiar with Wednesday's team these days. But their team, yes, uh, last year to so the January game, they had Lucas Shaw up front, who everybody's you know a little bit twitchy about because I think he's their top scorer. Uh, Jordan Rhodes started up front for them. Adam Reach played. You know, it, it was a pretty. It's not like their team has got. Um, significantly better I mean I think you could certainly make a case it's actually worse, worse this season um, a lot worse yeah I mean the only one really that is you know kind of a big name for them that didn't play is um, Barry Bannon but yeah we'll, we'll see how that goes I think Bannon played in the uh, Bannon played in the 4-2 at Hillsborough didn't he which is it's kind of conveniently yeah. omitted from history um, <laughs> that's a great point but yeah that's a great point um, no, I, I think to be I, go on I, no, you're right. Their squad's got worse. Um, their, their starting eleven's got worse. They've got the same injuries roughly this year. Unsettled side. So yeah, I do. I do have a lot of lot of very good mates who are Wednesday night. So I do see a lot of their team news and talk to them about it. And, you know, for example, uh, we banged four past him, but Kieran Westwood was one of the best keepers in this league for many a year. Um, that, that's just undeniable. He was. They've got a young guy playing in the net now. He's had the most saves in the championship. He's one of the best at saving XG, so he makes more saves than what he should. But he's one of the worst at claiming for the ball. And all my Wednesday mates tell me he hardly organises that back four. He hardly says a word. He's a young keeper. It's probably what they do. But that right there in its own is something to you know make a ploy on in a derby game, isn't it? Just put him yeah. under. So who is this? I was just thinking, is it Wildsmith? But it's not, is it? No. Somebody called C. Dawson. This- Cam- Cameron Dawson. I, I guess, as you can see, I just willfully ignore what Wednesday are doing. <laughs> can just focus on United because, yeah, I, I don't know who some of these people are, which I should do. To be fair, if I'm actually doing a filming podcast about it, but yeah, well, that's interesting. I thought I thought you meant Wildsmith because, uh, yeah, I was going to say he was actually pretty good yeah, in that in that home game last season. Yeah, he made an excellent save from Clark's header, didn't he? Just before Moore made the great save from Reed. Don- yeah, Donaldson, I think it was. Yeah, uh, Donaldson. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, no. It, 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 Wildsmith was good. I know a lot of Wednesday nights want him in, but there is, I believe, again, just see it on Twitter, don't you? Things. I believe they were chanting for Kieran Westwood at the weekend after, after their keeper. He didn't drop any clangers. There was all goals against him. If you see the goals, they're all good goals, like mm. for Norwich scoring and poor defending. But I think they were chanting for Kieran Westwood. So his, his confidence has shot, basically. They've not kept a clean sheet all season. Yeah, I saw They've that. not kept one clean sheet all season. Our fans complain about our clean sheets. They have not kept one all season. So, I mean... <laughs> You know, he's a young lad in the net and they're, they're allowing him to be peppered. So that's what we need to do. You know, we just need to really turn the screw and put the pressure on because they're ready to leak. They really are. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it's worth saying. I don't, everyone knows who the, if they have a danger man, they know who they're going to be, right? 
Barry Bannon is having a very good season. His numbers are impressively brilliant. Uh, him and Norwood are pretty much in the top five for all passing stats. Uh, you know, he's a very good player. Adam Reach has clearly got a worldie in him. Mm. Uh, Lucas Jow, it does make it twitchy because he's the type of player who could do nothing or something. He's a good player. Just... I would quite happily see him at United, Jow. Oh, yeah. He's full Office. of pace and full of skill, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, some are different to what we have at the minute. Yeah, I mean, they've got, listen, they've got some good players, but at the same time, I don't know. We're well, a better team. At the same time, they should be lower than they are in the table. The, you know, yeah. not, not only are we a better team, we are significantly better than they are. And, you know, whether that actually comes through on the day is a different matter, but, you know, this, so, I mean, this this blew me away earlier. I put this in the show notes as well, but looking at the uh, the bookies' odds, you can get 6-1 to one on Wednesday to win on Friday night. You can get shorter odds than that on United to win the championship, which is, I wow. mean, well, you'd, you'd say that's crazy, but it's actually not. Obviously, the bookmakers know what they're talking about. That's why they make loads of money. And, you know, they look at more than the league table. They're looking at the underlying numbers as well, and that's what they're you know, basing a lot of their odds off. And they essentially, that is validation for what we keep saying, is that United are a very good team, and Wednesday are not. And yeah, yeah they they have a, a six uh, six to one chance of winning, essentially, which I think you'd probably take, wouldn't you, if you're a United fan, you'd say, I like those odds. Just yeah. just don't let this be the one in six. <laughs> <laughs> we just keep going in circles, don't we? We just keep going in circles. Yeah. Just- all the thought, you know, I know you're brilliantly going on football heaven tomorrow, so everyone needs to listen to that because that'll be really interesting. Um, to be interesting you... to see, yeah, if I how I do when I can't edit myself. Uh, <laughs> you're all right. I'm sure you'll be, I'm sure you'll pro it and max it, but um, it'll be interesting to hear how you handle different calls, um, especially from some more familiar members of the football heaven community, <sighs> shall we say? Right? I didn't know they were going to get me talking to members of the public. Uh, well, I think they probably know. are, to be fair. But yeah, <laughs> It'll, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just you know all the talking that's going to go ahead. It really does come down to the simple fact we're a better side, and if we play our football and they play how they've been playing, we will comfortably win the game. Yeah, I, I think I, so. Everything suggests that. that. Yeah, I can't say more than that. You just got to turn up, haven't we? If we turn up, it should be enough. Yeah, and I can stop feeling so damn nervous and stop thinking about this game in like pretty much every single thing I'm doing at the moment. Which is everyone just needs to chill. Duffy's back. The bounce killer's back. We're all good. Basham, mate. Basham is the one. If you have you got a couple of minutes just to quickly talk about Forest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go on, mate. Well, I was just going to say. I mean, that Forest game that really showed us how much we miss Basham this season. I think. I mean, I know you can't say you can't say that was the sole reason we didn't play well because collectively. You know, I'd, I'd, you'd be hard pushed to say anyone was above a sort of six or seven out of ten. I think a couple of defenders maybe, but yeah, I, I mean, it just showed what a difference uh, attacking wise having Basham in your team make, makes. And yeah, it was Martin Craney's uh, debut. He, he slotted in for Basham, and I thought he had a really good game. You know, he was probably probably for my money probably United's best player. I think, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it was from a kind of solid defensively point of view, and you know, we just really missed. The thing with Basham is he, he isn't hugely skillful. He's not very quick. He's not like a man mountain or anything like that. He's physical enough, but it just adds something else to. I don't know if it's like, you know, his ability to just drive with and without the ball or. It's, just it's, his, it's drive. And, and it's like yeah, the timing of that as well. Like, you know, we, we saw. So we played this midfield through Coots getting a, a slightly surprising start, and it was a it was a very flat three in in every sense of the word, to be honest. I thought it was. 
you know, pretty kind of pedestrian, not much penetration, just very, very similar kind of styles of play from all three of them, which is not what we kind of want out of them. Um, and then, yeah, but sometimes that can be all right when you have, um, you know, Basham and O'Connell kind of joining the attack. So, yeah, that that's another thing looking ahead to Friday that, um, you know, I think is such a massive benefit for us that, that Basham will come back in and give us something else going forward. Because, yeah, it just... It just wasn't working against Forest, was it? I'm, I'm glad we eventually... Well, changed relatively quickly, but I'm glad that Wilder sort of saw that and brought on McGoldrick and had him playing that kind of number 10 role because we we definitely looked better from that, even if we didn't create too much uh, from then on. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, no, it did. The three players, actually, who didn't play Bash, Duffy and McGoldrick, it showed how vital they are. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I Bash is, Bash is one you don't get any stats or pictures for. The eye test just showed you. You say Craney played well defensively and did all right on the ball, but just lost that thrust, didn't we? Mm. You know, when that space appears, he just goes. And it doesn't help that there is a narrative that I think has some weight behind it about Kieran Freeman dropping off. I wouldn't say tired. I don't quite like this argument, but certainly dropping off. He's played a lot of football this year compared to what he'd done the year before with obviously mm. the injury. So the championship can get you like that especially with the effort Freeman putting in the first 10 games or so. So it might well be that he does get rested for Friday. Um, I don't think that would be the worst thing in a game like that because someone like Baldock brings so much pace and energy. Um, you know, and it might, it might well be that that's something that Wilder does consider. But, you know, McGoldrick as well, you cannot, you cannot like limit how much him, Duffy and Sharp as a threesome are much better than anything else we have to offer. Mm. You know, yeah. it, the way... He drops into spaces better than Clark does. He drops into spaces better than any other striker he can play. And he adds goal threat as well. You know, yeah. them two are two of the top ten scorers in the division. There's a reason for that. It it just they, they play so well as a unit. I mean, they put the pass map pass map network against Forest. Coots didn't play a ball into the strikers all game. Mm. Um, there was hardly any passes at all into D- Clark and Sharp. Clark tried to drop off, but you know, cumbersome at best with his link up play. And it was just because we didn't have a link man because we had no one to hold the ball in that final third territory the wing backs can't get up with play yeah they just they just can't get up. i think the one time stevens got up with play he had a shot good mm. shot went wide other than that they were never able to get up with play and that that's half the battle with us we need to hold the ball in the opposition third to get everyone in the half and then play um, yeah definitely I don't, I, I don't think we can really understand you know that that relationship with mcgoldrick duffy and sharp you know it, it it's the reason that we did so well to begin with this season yeah, and uh, yeah, hopefully those two plus Basham will be uh, back in the starting lineup. Um, yeah, it's interesting with Freeman. I, I've got to be honest, I haven't really seen this with my own eyes in terms of you know I've obviously watched all these games, but I haven't noticed this particular thing that people are now saying of oh he you know he looks like he's sort of a bit unfit, a bit fatigued, tired, etc. To me, that kind of feels like we're sort of uh, almost retrofitting a narrative onto a couple of moments that led to goals. So the the one at Derby yeah. where he didn't close down the cross, but, you know, probably nine times out of ten, the guy doesn't score from that position. And then, you know, Jao Carvalho beating him and firing in that cross that uh, ends up being Forrest's goal. I mean, got to be honest, like most times I just hold my hands up and say like, well, you know, fair enough, that's just a good bit of attacking play. So... To me, anyway, so far, it kind of feels like we're just sort of going, pointing at two recent goals that, you know, you could say, oh, Freeman was the last the last defender to, uh, I guess, be in the area with a chance of stopping it, and he didn't do it, so he must be tired and knackered, etc. But, yeah, I'm not sure. But, yeah, at the same time, you know, as you say, it's a, 
the amount of territory he covers and you know the the intensity of of his particular role and and the way that he plays it could could very well lead to fatigue and yeah maybe this is the time to um to drop Baldock in there but I mean for my money I, I certainly hope not I hope he's fully fit and yeah ready to go because um yeah as much as I like Baldock and thought he did a good job last season I think Freeman's been brilliant attacking wise so far this season and you know as we said earlier I mean we probably expect Wednesday to play. Uh, quite a low block, as you said, and you know, be be pretty defensive, and that's where we need Freeman, Basham overloading down one side, Fleck and um, uh, Stevens down the other side, etc. So, yeah, I, I hope he's uh, I hope he's fine enough to play anyway. Um, do you want just quickly, just a quick thoughts on Paul Coots getting a start against Forest? What was your? I mean, obviously we know the result now, but. I'm curious what your reaction was when you saw uh, his name on the team sheet. I mean, whenever you see Coots' name on the team sheet, you're happy because of what happened. And obviously before the injury, he was in such good form. Probably one of the main reasons we actually won at Hills before too because he dominated the game. Mm. Um, but he's not ready. Yeah, He's not. He, he's just not. Um, I could understand why you throw him in there to give him minutes and things, but away at Forest, is that the right time? No. What does that tell John Lundstrom? Mm. I, I don't really care about the fan narrative around Lundstrom just as a you know as a squad as a staff what's that saying to John Lundstrom we're chucking in a player who's coming back from a year off away at Forest when he's fully fit hardly played a minute in a while I don't know I, I just yeah I, not for me not yet especially not on Friday night um, definitely not on Friday night but no. for me it, if we manage Coots right and he plays the right amount of minutes in games I'm not saying easy games. There is no easy game, but games at home against middle to lower half, games away against middle to lower half, coming on as a sub or starting and going off after 60, and he starts contributing a bit more, starting to get up his performance levels, then in January, February, we have a really good central midfield player who's ready to play. Hmm. You know, you know, in what you'd call American phrase, you know, what you'd call kind of the tight games, the clutch games. Yeah. Um, you know, but not now. It just didn't look... He didn't look to the pace of the game, you know. He's he's touch, he's driving. He didn't, I don't think he did anything wrong, mm. but just he just looked up. He didn't look on the same wavelength as the rest. Um, for me, I just watched him on the ball, and it was it was very simple, very neat and tidy. But no thrust, no drive to him. There was a couple of bursts, you know, down the right channel, which were good. Another weird thing was how right hand side he played. Um, yeah, you know, he's done that a few times when he's come on this season. I've I've noticed that sort of yeah, yeah just been hanging on the me. right. I mean, the weird thing is, is so when Norwood was at Fulham last season, um, they played a three in midfield, and whenever Norwood played, he didn't actually play the deep lying midfielder. He'd go on the right hand side, not mm. right mid, but he'd play the right centre of the three mm-hmm. because Kevin Kevin McDonald would play the deep one, the and deep one yeah. yeah, and Tom Kenny would play left slash a bit further forward. Yeah, so uh, Norwood has the ability to do that. He grew up as a right winger at Man United uh, for a lot of the time. That's where the comparisons with Beckham came from. He's got a little bit more agility. Um, I wouldn't say pace, but he's got a little bit more agility, I guess. You know, and Coots has got a little bit more athleticism to put tackles about in the middle. So, I don't know, maybe the flat three and putting Coots out to the right is to keep him out of the way of trouble, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't really know why that happened because I don't think Coots adds anything in a wing position, put it that way. No. Um, I mean, so, we- I... I I, I was I was going to say uh, we should sort of qualify this by uh, saying that obviously Wilder knows Coots's fitness and ability far God. better than we do. But God, yeah, yeah. As, as a fan, uh, I raised eyebrows when I saw that because yeah, from I haven't seen anything yet that suggests he's you know completely fit. I mean, he doesn't look you know he doesn't look like absolutely 
knackered or anything like that. Like you can't keep up with play, but in no. terms of having an impact on, there's a difference in coming on for 20 minutes against Hull, 20 minutes against Wigan when we're 4-2, 4-1 up or whatever it was, and starting a game against a team that are in and around the top six with like, you know, 28,000 fans there or whatever. Um, yeah, that, I know, I know obviously we were down Duffy and presumably didn't want to risk a full 90 minutes from a Goldrick and, you know, I would imagine if Basham wasn't suspended, perhaps he would have played in midfield instead, and you know we'd have tried a slightly more defensive role there. But yeah, that yeah. was uh, not something I was overly happy to see, and yeah, that my uh, preconception—I think that's the right word—was kind of borne out by the game. I guess that's not you know. I mean, look, we're not saying that we lost because Coots was crap and he's not fit, but oh no, no. it's more. I, I would be surprised if he's like up to full match fitness before christmas or something to be honest the guy was just out for a year like yeah it wasn't that long ago he was jogging on at blackburn away and it was the greatest thing ever yeah Yeah, i mean it was probably what like five weeks something like that yeah yeah it's it's really is a short time frame and as you say to be then going and playing against one of the top six sides in the division away from home in a full 90 minute game they're pretty competitive midfield by the way as well yeah very good midfield yeah they sat in deep, they battled, they got good ball players, they got lots of pace and energy. So it's a big ask, that. It really is. It's mm. great. To see. It, it was a deep end throw, wasn't it? You know, we threw him in there and he it didn't really do anything was. wrong. And it, for 50 minutes, he, he certainly did his job because it was nil-nil. So he, he did his job, you know. It was a compact midfield three and we defended quite well for most of the game. So fair play, he, you know, he did his job. But yeah, not, not starting big games for me yet. Well, I want to just put a one-minute defence in on Ben Woodburn, actually. Yeah, go on. Because... Um, when he come on, I actually thought he had a, a lot of driving impetus, what I saw. We, we didn't have any, really, in the game. We had odd moments where a cross had come in and it might land at someone's feet, but mm. he might not have always... He tried to take someone on around the halfway line, it got stolen, they broke and, and nearly had a chance. He tracked back, actually, himself and nearly won it back, but he tries things and he's getting limited minutes, but I just think when he comes on, there, there's an energy and a pace to him and, and just, I don't know, it, just, it looks like he added something in that game that wasn't there. And I just, I, don't know, I just want it, I, I really want him to get more of a chance. I'm not, I'm not saying in, in place of someone else. I just, I, there is a player there, um, and I, I don't know. I just think with confidence in minutes, we're going to see something there. I'm, I'm not sure it's going to happen. I think he's probably going to go back in January the way it's looking. But yeah, I, I, I just wonder if he could play a part in games like Friday. You know, just yeah, he's something. He's got something special in him. He really has. And them times where he takes someone on and loses it and we all get frustrated, the one time he takes someone on, he takes them out of the game completely. And no one else does that for us. No, exactly. I mean, I think... I imagine lots of clubs, fans are like this, but I think the consensus that, you know, Woodburn's a a bust or something like that is just... It's so wide of the mark. Or that he's, you know, dossing off or useless and get rid of him. I mean, you know, the the kid's just not getting in our team. He's just not been... Yeah. Quite good enough to make make the uh, eleven or the actual subs bench as well. It's with some of the games, but yeah, I just it's a long season. I, I'd, I'd be really surprised myself if he did go back in January. Um, I, I think I he not. will have a role to play through the season, and as you say, he, he made he has made an impact. I mean, I'm just looking at his stats over the season for now. And, good stats, mate. Yeah, but you know, it, even in terms of minutes, I mean, so before this Forest game. He had played 13 minutes in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. In our, in our previous 10 games, he played 13 minutes. And, you know, just because we haven't seen anything good from him for 
three months then was what that covers. I think people are just like, well, it's obviously crap. Just just get rid, like waste of time. And it, and it's not like we have a you know a young. <laughs> David Brooks Mark II maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that name the next David Brooks coming <laughs> through our youth ranks or anything like that that he's like keeping out the team or anything and yeah I think if we go back to those early parts of the season he did have an impact I mean you know there was a couple of chances he created for Clark at Middlesbrough which uh, Clark missed he did the same in the Norwich home game you know if, if Clark knocks those in he's got three assists and I think we're probably going like why the hell hasn't he played very much because clearly he's, he's our, having an impact he's our second highest in terms of numbers, second highest per night creator from open play. There you go. So he's only behind Mark Duffy. So I mean, yeah, I've... if you doubt him, he's there. We, we actually we don't create loads and loads from open play. We create good chances, but not loads and loads. Mm. Woodburn shows potential in that department. Yeah, and I, I think uh, you know comparisons with people like uh, Mason Mount, Harry Wilson are just just so off the mark. I mean, Mount was playing, what, he played a full season in the uh, Eredivisie in uh, Netherlands last year? Yeah, yeah. with Vitesse. Mount, uh, sorry, Wilson was uh, was oh. a Hull, both of whom, uh, yeah, both of whom did very well in those spells, but I mean, they are much further on in their development than um, mm. than Woodburn is, so it's a really unfair comparison to be like, well, look at Derby's young loan players, they're much better than Woodburn. Well, yeah, they are, and I'd love yeah. to have. We said at the start of the season we'd love to have either of those playing for us, to be honest. But yeah, I think to I think to write him off is, uh, if not madness, then extremely harsh. I think, and yeah, I I think he'll be here for the season. I think he'll uh, he'll do some good things for us. And yeah, I, I felt. I mean, obviously, obviously, I felt bad that he didn't knock it in the net, but I did feel for him that that chance, if you can call it that, right at the end of the Forest game, yeah, yeah, yeah. like almost that it fell to him. I felt bad because essentially what happened was the ball was just sliced into his legs from six yards, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, if he yeah. somehow manages to control that into the net, then that is a very, very underrated finish. But yeah, he just couldn't sort his feet out. But I mean, not many just- would, I don't think. The, the urge for that to go in for the kid in terms of like his heroic status, you know, yeah. it doesn't doesn't take much, does it? You know, Lundstrom's got this big narrative around him and it all got arrested from one tackle on Jack Grealish. <laughs> you know, even, it, just for a month it went away. Yeah, I'm going to say, just, yeah, it's definitely not gone permanently. Oh, <laughs> it went, just for a, went for an it evening. Away, yeah, it goes <laughs> away for a week or so, doesn't it? And it just would have been nice for him to have got that and that might have started him, you know, but yeah, I just thought, I just, this is no criticism. We never criticise Chris Wilder because we can't, the man's brilliant. I think he's the best manager in the EFL. I think he's one of the best managers in the country. I really do. But I just wish to see Woodburn on the bench for because he is that attacking option. He is that something different. And I don't get this option of having a load of midfielders and Leon Clark and Connor Washington on the bench. I just, yeah, they're not going to create things. They're the ones to get on the end of things. And in a lot of games we're in, it's not the people getting on the end of things that are the problem. It's the creating things. Mm. You know, when it doesn't go to when plan A doesn't work, what's plan B? Same with Marvin Johnson as well. You know, again, Ender Stevens having a great season for me, but certain times and certain games, just throw that big left speedy left winger on and let's see what happens. Mm. You know, and it's just, yeah, we have options and we're not quite using them perhaps at the minute. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the counter argument is we haven't needed to use them because we've been no. doing so well. But then, you know, there are other examples definitely where a game hasn't been flowing the way we want it to go, and uh, yeah, maybe we've not reacted in in a slightly different way. I mean, yeah, I guess with Forrest, we actually did try and try and change things, put McGoldrick on, put Woodburn on. But yeah, I know what you mean, particularly with Johnson, actually. Like, let's see, let's see a bit more of him just, on, a, on a few occasions. Just those tight games. Friday could be the same. So that's why we're not on a tangent. Our Friday could be the same. It could be a tight game where you need that squad. You know, 
Wilder gambles all the time. He's really good at it. You know, he's really offensive. But sometimes you just need to make that decision at nil-nil. Are we going to wait? You know, 55 minutes. Are we going to wait and see how this goes or are we going to go? You know, and that's yeah. there's no time. I love Ender Stevens. He's a great technical player. Gets forward well. We all know he contributes well. Could Marvin Johnson beat a man and do something he can't? Yes. So if by the 60th minute it's nil-nil and that's not working, is that an option? It's not a criticism. It's not saying we should do it. It's just saying, you know, there's a squad there. Mm. Um, and that 11 have done incredibly well. And that's why it's not changed because they have done incredibly well. But tight games are going to come up. Lots of games are going to come up at the minute. And again, Friday could be one of them where might need a hero off the bench is what I guess what we're trying to say. That would be lovely indeed. All right, g- give me a prediction for the derby. <sighs> with no preparation time unless you've been thinking about it already nothing but uh, 2-1 <laughs> Blades I'm going to go 2-1 I think they'll score um, yeah I'm not sure when or how this game pans out I think they'll score but there's no way we don't score against that defence I, I don't care I'm, I'm saying that I don't care about Jim yeah, everyone no, listening to it has just gone oh my god what's he said that no, we score against that defence <laughs> sharp scores doesn't he yeah, we, I was we, going to say 2-1 as well. Um, so I will go... I'll go 1-up, I'll go 3-1. I can't see it being 1-0 to us. I'd, I'd love a 3-1. So would I. Although I would take a 1-0. Any win, any kind of win. There was... Uh, Darren Smith on Twitter was saying... Uh, no, you know, don't say it. Don't say no, it. No, okay, I'm going I'm to paraphrase <laughs> what he said and then my response. But uh, he was talking about... Uh, Memorable derby wins. Let's let's just let's just put it that way. Otherwise, people yeah. are bananas. And uh, and you know how the most memorable ones are ones that you win by a significant margin. And I was saying that I was still remembering a really crappy one nil win over Wednesday in two thousand five, where uh, Alan Quinn shot and Shipley may even have been offside, so maybe it shouldn't have counted anyway. And it was an absolutely terrible game. And you know I remember that extremely fondly. I can remember loads about it, even though it was absolute rubbish. Um, so yeah, give me any kind of win, and I will have an extremely good Friday night, an extremely good weekend, and an extremely good <laughs> three months, however long it is, until we play them again, and uh, we won't have to think about it anymore. But yeah, um, all right, mate. Uh, John, just give a quick shout out to uh, your new website or your new side project, your side side project. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got I got contacted by a couple of people basically who are in. Media, 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 analytics type of world, just saying interesting stuff. Can you do more? Um, which to my response was yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just just check out the timeline. There is uh, something on there on, on League One kind of passes and, and who creates well from deep. Unbelievably, Michael Doyle <laughs> comes out really well in this. I had to question the eye test on this one, but look, we love Doyle. I loved him. He was great. This isn't a different Michael Doyle, is it? It's not like a 21-year-old Irish, Irish international. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. It's, uh, it, is the, it is the Michael Doyle who did that celebration against West Ham away, <laughs> which I will love him for forever because I was there at that game. Oh, um, and uh, No, it is. But it's, it's really quite interesting. It's just throwing together a couple of different concepts and ideas and some stars of the future in there as well. Um, then there'll be some stuff coming for the championship. There'll be a lot of United stuff still. Mm. Um, on our site as well. It was, it, you know, it's just a little little thing to try new ideas out on, basically. But there's there's something ongoing at the minute that's going to be quite interesting. I think. Nice. So, yes. I it's EFL Analytics blog. I've just called it up. 
Um, so yeah, thank you. Go I and... couldn't find I couldn't find it. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can also uh, check it out on Jay's Twitter feed as well. Um, and yeah, uh, apparently I'm on Radio Sheffield uh, tomorrow night, which is probably two nights by the time you listen to this. Uh, on Football Heaven, uh, six till seven pm. Uh, I want I, I want you inundated. I want like <laughs> you, if you're not like having a full blown argument with Brian the Blade twenty minutes in, I, I, I'm going to go spare. I'm not very good at confrontation. I'm just going to like diffuse the hell out of everything. I'll be like, yeah, I agree. Get rid of Wilder. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Let's no, get no, Culver no. Hall in. Yeah, you, you speak your mind and you make sure that you wind Mark the Pitsmile right up. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've paid more attention to who these people are than I have. I've like willfully, willfully stayed out of it. But no, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We'll we'll see if the we'll see how this this opinion ages in the next 24 <laughs> hours. But uh, yeah, and then. Uh, yeah, are we are we uh, meeting for a few beers on Friday? We most certainly will be if I am not fully inebriated by midday <laughs> or whatever it is. Yes, you know, I, I don't know how much Dutch courage it's going to take, but it's going to take a lot to get well, through that. Well, this is it. Uh, I'm certainly taking uh, the afternoon off. This is the benefits of self-employment because um, oh, yeah, I, I just I just I, can't get through it without uh, I guess what is technically referred to as a skinful. I have the day off, mate. Well, there you go. Full, we'll, uh... full, full day off on the train into the city centre. <laughs> yeah, so the, so the, the actual there. goal is make sure we make it to the ground then and <laughs> can, can remember the game if we win. Yes. <laughs> Don't say <laughs> if. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Cheers then, buddy. Thanks for uh, thanks for talking to me in your evening. And uh, yeah, I, I feel better about this now. I don't know about you. That, that was... Uh, that, that's made me work some nerves out and uh, hopefully I won't be yeah going around in circles in my own head quite so much for the next three days. I feel more confident now. I do, actually. Good. Yeah, I hope, I hope everyone listening to this uh, feels likewise and doesn't feel like we've just jinxed the hell out of United because there's no such thing as that, hopefully. No, there's not. It's not. It's just good footballers and bad footballers. And just, that's it. It's, and it's, we have plenty it. of the former, so hopefully they come good on Friday. All right. All right, no. mate. All right, buddy. Have a nice rest of the evening. I will talk to you later. See you later, dude. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.